0: Um, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, won't be long tonight, but I do want to draw your attention to a few quick passages, Ephesians chapter 4, last time, uh, two weeks ago, Brother Eric preached last week, did a great job, and how many of you were encouraged by seeing the building that we uh, put the roof and the walls up. How many of you are encouraged by that? Well, it's a great blessing to see that. It's a great joy. Um, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we sent them the money for the land, and they bought that. And then we sent them the money for the church, and and they were able to finish it because they had the money left over that we didn't have time to finish in a week. But we were able to get the roof on it so they could work on the floors. We were able to get the walls up. And uh, it was such an encouragement to them. And I'll never forget seeing the pastor, when he walked in, just tears running down his face. As he said, "Ah, I never dreamed. How do I say thank you to your church family? Folks, that's what we give to Faith Promise, is to help churches be built where there is no church, in places where they couldn't build them themselves. And so... We're getting ready to plan a mission trip. I believe it's to Brazil. Uh, we're not sure yet. But if it is, and you'd like to go, be sure and get signed up. It'd be help uh, our missionary brother um, uh, Hernandez, brother Hernandez. Uh, he's the gentleman, the missionary that fell on his ladder when his ladder broke and broke a bunch of his ribs, and he was laid up for about six months. Had to go to the hospital for a long time, and he's just now getting back to normal after about a year. I think he felt like. Uh, 30 feet or something. And so uh, be in prayer, if you would, for that mission trip as it comes up. Um, I want you to notice Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to end up tonight, Lord willing, in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. We're going to get to that in a minute. But Paul's goal is the perfection of the saints. Uh, The goal is that every Christian would be mature in Christ, not perfect and sinless, but mature in Christ. I'll explain what that means in a minute. But notice if you would, chapter 4, verse 1, keep in mind, Paul is in prison. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. It really rang well with him. They could understand it. I'm the prisoner of the Lord. I'm in prison for the Lord's sake. But you'll notice he says, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy, that you walk with the value the Lord wants you to have. He wants you to carry weight with him. That's what it means to walk worthy you carry weight with the Lord. Your testimony carries weight with Him. And tonight we could all ask teenagers, adults, the Bible says even a child is known by his doings. So if a child is known by his doings, so is everybody in this room. You have a testimony. Does it carry weight with the Lord? That's what it means when He says that you're worthy of the vocation, the calling God's given you. wherewith you are called. So some of you (coughs) are called to work for the government. (coughs) Walk worthy. Carry weight at work. Now, we didn't get a chance to look at how we do that. Look at verse 2. Here's the way you carry weight, (coughs) the way you have a great testimony in the eyes of others. Number one, with all lowliness and meekness. Now, the word lowliness is a Greek word. Actually, it's it's five syllables long, uh, and, and it, it literally if you break it down, it's that you are not rising very far from the ground in your mind. So I don't look at my boss and think I'm as important as him. I don't look at my neighbor next door in the cubicle next to me and think I'm as important as him. I have a lowliness of mind, humility, and then meekness. <coughs> meekness is the word for gentle. I'm a gentle soul. Many of us could have a lot of work to do that. Me, I have a lot of work to do that that gentleness. That's someone that's not easily to offend. It's someone that's easy to work with. Gentle. He says, if you're going to carry weight with those around you and you're going to carry weight with the Lord, you're going to think of others as more important than yourself, in your mind, and you're going to be gentle and careful with other people. Um. If it, yesterday we had a big thing here in the, uh, uh, the church and, and and school for Juanas and the school time, it's a great idea. Our new administrator came up with a thought, and I thought it was, it was wonderful, and it turned out great. Had some new people that came; all kinds of people came from all over. We even ran out of hot dogs. How many hot dogs did we have, Brother Lance? 120 ran out of hot dogs at 30 minutes left in the in the thing. And so, uh-oh, we had hot dogs, and we had all kinds of stuff, drinks and Cokes. And we have something, and this is Brother Brandon's concoction. We have uh, ice cream cones. Now, you have that for the VBS, right? So we let Brother Lance use the ice cream cones, red and blue. And I came in here. <clears throat> I was showing somebody around, and I saw three kids, red and blue. I said, oh, oh. oh. And now, and my first thought was, what are you thinking? Get out of here with that. And then this word, you know, gentleness. Uh, <clears throat> hey, could I talk to you for a second? Yeah. Uh, you might not want to be in this Lord's building with blue ice if you dropped it. <gasps> oh, excuse me. And they ran out the door. <clears throat> Now, I could have handled it differently, but this verse jumps out at you. You know, sometimes you don't realize it, but if I'm preaching a verse on Sunday and I happen to be preparing and I'm prepared for Sunday and I'm in the service, I'm doing something, all of a sudden uh, this jumps out hey, Pittman, gentle. Uh-oh, okay, Lord. Um, Would you knuckleheads please go on? No, no, no. Maybe that's not gentle. Um, Look, in order to carry weight, we always have to handle things gently, graciously. The Lord could handle us any way He wanted, but His mercies and His goodnesses are new every day with us. The Lord treats us carefully like you're the apple of his eye. So it says, I want you to walk worthy in life when you're at work, when you're at home. Treat your wife gently. Treat your husband gently. Treat your parents gently. Think of them as more important than yourself. Walk worthy. And notice he keeps going and he says, with long suffering. Long suffering is you can take being injured and keep going. You can take what somebody says and keep going for Christ. You're not interested in paying back. You don't have to pay somebody back. You don't have to speak your mind. You can take the hurt and keep on going. Long suffering. Walking worthy. Notice if you would. And he says forbearing one another. Uh, Forbearing is to get up underneath and help somebody. It's to lift up people. Or you see somebody has a need, you're willing to help out. Um, uh, yesterday, we had a bunch of people here, and, and there were new people coming. And I noticed teachers, uh, various ones, say, hey, can, have you seen the buildings? Or have you seen where your child would be in school? No. Could I see it? Sure. And nobody asked them to do that. They just saw a need and said, I'll, I'll help with it. It is forbearing somebody else. like It is seeing someone else have a need and getting underneath and helping them. It adds value to your testimony. It adds weight to what people think about you. When you do something for somebody else that they cannot do for themselves, but you put yourself out to do it, forbearing one another. Um... Brother Nick is, is going to have uh, this aggressive chemo and aggressive radiation, and, and let's forbear a brother. Let, let's get up underneath him and lift him up to the Lord. Let's not let the ball drop. Let's let the Lord see David Pittman's got value because he's willing to get up underneath another brother and help him on his knees. All of us can do that. Everybody in this room can have weight worthy by praying for a Fifi who lost a a family member or or someone that lost a job, uh, someone that's struggling emotionally with something. We can forbear our brother. We can get up and help them. Well, notice if you would, in verse 3, he says, forbearing one another in love because I care about them. Uh, it could be the love for that person. It could be in love because you love the Lord. Notice if you would in verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Always, Endeavoring and is a word that, that means haste. It also means diligence. So I quickly and with all my heart want to keep unity. I, I'm going to make sure that I'm a part of unity. I'm going to talk good about the church. I'm going to talk good about these people. I'm going to talk good about the deacons. I'm going to talk good about the choir. I'm going to talk good about the orchestra. Um, You know, I'm I'm going to talk good about things. You know, I'm going to tell you something. We've been in this building for about uh, two months now, two and a half months now. And I want to tell you thank you. I lost a lot of sleep wondering about this building, if people are going to like it or not. I am so appreciative of support of the parking lot. Um, I saw them get the parking lot. How many of you noticed a sort of a mound on the parking lot on that side, or kind of a, a hill? Well, it's for the water to run to those uh, those concrete ducts underneath the ground. But I saw it, and I said, wow, that's big. I said, is that, is that too big? Is somebody going to notice that? Because I want you to love your church, not just the people in it, but the place we meet. And so the positiveness of everybody here. If I would have picked it, I wouldn't have picked white carpet. Even though it's stain resistant and all that stuff. I'd have picked something a little different, but it is pretty. But when you've got a, a decorator that you're paying money Decorate it, you don't look at them and say, Well, that's dumb. Why would you do that? I thought that. Uh, The pews, I can't tell you how much grief I had over the pews. The color, we must have selected it 10 times. They were out of it, they couldn't get it in time. They, I mean, it's just a million things. And you know, uh, so I got this pew, I said, I got to make sure if it's going to be light, it, it, it holds up. And he says, Pastor that will hold up. I said, okay, give me a piece. He gave me a piece. I poured grape juice on it. I poured coffee on it. I poured hot chocolate on it. I didn't pour red or blue ice cream cones or ice, ice, whatever those things are. I didn't pour that on it. That's I said, guys, probably not being here. Oh, yeah. But I tried everything else that normally would be in the auditorium. Now, And it just wiped off. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. The pianos. I mean, not everybody's going to spend a lot of money on the pianos. I'm grateful for people donating money that we could buy them. But I am grateful for the unity in our church. But everybody's got to work at it. But you know what? It adds value. It adds worth to our testimony. We don't do everything right. You know why? Because I'm the pastor, and I'm not perfect, not even close. No amens, please, okay? I'm not even close. But the point is, is that people are gracious. They're forgiving. We want to fix anything we don't do right. I want to fix that. But many churches blow up because of a building program. There are, there are people that have come to me and said, I'll join your church, but But, um, uh, you know, are you going to be here for another five years? Yeah, I'm planning on being here for five years. So if the Lord comes, you can have the church then. Well, they don't like that, but I can say, look, I'm planning on being here. Well, are you in a building project? Yes. Well, I don't want to join. I have to talk people into joining our church because we're building. I said, you don't understand the people here. They're good people. They're not going to argue about what Decided to put the piano or the organ on. How many of you notice we don't have an organ? We have a piano, two pianos because we have piano players. We don't have but one organ player. Nobody's taking organ anymore. How many of you take an organ in here? Okay, I see one. Okay. Uh, okay, wait a minute, Phyllis. You play the piano too, right? So, see, we got a piano player. All right, now let let me take just a minute. Um, How many of you have taken piano lessons? Are or have taken, and you're playing? You play piano. Raise your hand. Raise it. Raise it up. Good. High. Let me see it. Let me see it. Okay, all over here. So it's better to have two pianos and no organ than one organ and one piano. We can get more people to practice and to play. You know what, Brother Brandon and I made that decision because it's best for our church. That could have caused all kinds of heartburn. There's a thousand things could have caused heartburn. I am so thankful for you. And you're endeavoring to keep the unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. Folks, if you want a perfect church, this is not it. If you want a perfect pastor? I'm not it. But I can tell you this: we do want to do what's right, and we're trying. If we make a mistake, you know. Everything is open here. I mean, uh, if you want to know my salary, go check the sheet. You can see every every week I get paid. If you want to know, if you want to know how much we paid on the light bill last month, you can get that. You can get everything in our church. You want to see it, you can see it, except what people give. That's the only thing you can't see. This week, the banker called. <coughs> we have a, an $8 million equity line. You know, we've had it for several years where we're building the buildings. Um, and, and so we're going to reduce it because it's up for renewal. And they wrote me a note last month and said, okay, Pastor, we need, uh, what do you want to do with this equity line? Well, we need $6 million on the equity line. We've had that for 15 years. And so I said, we'd like to have it back down to $6 million. He said, okay. And, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Fill out some paperwork. I said, okay. They sent me the paperwork. Went on and says, you know what he asked for? He says, who are your top 10 givers? I said, number one, that's not any of your business. Number two, I don't know. It's not my business either. There are lots of churches. I've been members of churches where they knew those people. Understand we're trying to do things the right way. I don't know what one person gives in this room except Janet Pittman and David Pittman. That's it. And I don't want to know. I want to look at everybody equally. If you don't give anything, I want you to say, look, I want to step back and honor the Lord with my tithes and offerings, but I'm not going to know that. Hey, I don't know what you're doing Monday through Friday in your life either, but I want you to do right. So I want the Holy Spirit to work on your heart. This is a place for people to grow from from being saved over here to a perfect man. You're going to see that in verse 12. And you're going to say, well, how can anybody be a perfect man? Well, you can see it in a minute. But I want you to understand is that everybody in this room is from here if you've been born again or over to here. You're someplace in that range. And there's pastors and deacons and, and there's pastors and evangelists and there are, are all kinds of people written in Scripture right here. We're going to see them in the office is evangelists. So they all have a purpose to help us go from here over to the place where we can take disappointment and keep on going. We can take hurt and keep on going. We can love the unlovable and keep on going. We can put the Lord first because we love Him and keep on going. And our church is supposed to be to help everybody in this room go from here to here. And once you get here, to stay here. Now, I want you to see, <clears throat> he says, he starts it out in chapter 4 and says, look, I want you to walk worthy. Well, what does that mean? Well, consider yourself as not as important as the God beside you. Oh, 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 it, it, it also means, you notice, if you would, he says, uh, you, you think of yourself less. Oh, by the way, you, you got to be gentle. All of these ingredients go in that Christian, the perfect man, Notice with me, if you would, also something else is we all work to keep peace. There are things that I say, you know what, it's okay. In this process, there are things that I say, okay, I'll accept that. I don't like it, but I'll accept it because I want peace. Notice, if you would, in verse number four through six, there's seven ones one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, this baptism is not the baptism by water. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's you and I, when we receive the Holy Spirit, you receive that baptism of God spoken of in in Romans chapter 6. We're baptized into Him Uh, it is a spiritual baptism that all of us, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart and we receive the Holy Spirit and we are now His and now everything is made new. He gives us the strength to do what is right. It's called one baptism. You notice verse 6, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So in other words, He says, look, the Lord should be everything in the world to you, all. There are no Christians over here that are perfect in Christ that the Lord is not first and most important to them. We think of him first. Our whole life is built around him. That's this perfect man. And there's not many Christians there. Um, <clears throat> when you... How many of you know what a credit report is? Okay. Uh, how many of you work to get a good credit report? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, I've heard... That that um, nine hundred. I heard that eight hundred and fifty is perfect. And so I got my report about uh, oh, a couple of years back. I got my report. It's 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 the what's it called? It's a FICA, FICO report. Okay. Well, I got it and I looked at it and it came up on the front. I said eight fifty four. I got I've i got perfect credit plus four points. I didn't realize nine hundred was perfect. I was so excited. I said. Well, what do you got to do to get the other 46 points? Well, you need a little more debt. You need a few more bills. You need to pay. Uh, there's a list of things you got to say, well, I don't want that. But I wanted a perfect rating. But thankfully, I don't have to worry about my credit report. I just have to worry about this one being perfect. Lord, I want to do things right for you. So you know what? Uh, you get married, and you got to get her on your credit report. You gotta get her a credit card. Ding. I gotta get another credit card. Ding. Oh man, this getting married is a killer to your credit. I'm, I don't know what the deal is. She didn't spend the time, um, you know. And 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 so you, you know you you go buy a house. It doesn't matter. Uh, they ding your report two or three times, and and so you get down to eight twenty, and you're like, oh man, I gotta work to get it back up again. Well, I feel like trying to get to this mature Christian is like, ah, i got to get it back up again. i got to work on it. And then somebody else does something, and it hits my heart the wrong way, and I kind of get back here. I don't handle it the right way. Oh, Lord, help me get back over here. Lord, help me to work on that. I want you to understand, Paul is saying, Look, I want you to understand. Now, notice this, <clears throat> verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Everybody in this room has got certain gifts to serve the Lord with. Some of you have one gift like me, and some of you have five gifts. I mean, some people can play the flute. Some people can sing like Sophie. Some people can play the piano like like Phyllis. And so there are people that can do all kinds of things. And so he says, look, you've been given a gift by God for his glory, to use it for his glory. Everybody here's got something you can do. You may be able to help out with the books. You may be help out with uh, uh, visitors. You may be able to help out with the nursery. Everybody has got something you can do. You have a gift. Many people are in the choir, in the orchestra. Be involved. It's a part of Now, notice what he says in verse number 7. Every man, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Everybody's given a certain grace, a certain ability to do certain things. Now, notice if you would in verse number 11 he says and he gave some apostles and some prophets a prophet uh, an apostle of course was in the old days they are not anymore now but you're noticing some prophets uh, they could uh, they would preach the truth uh, but they would preach it with a uh, a John the Baptist style, to get uh, people to understand. Notice he says, and some evangelists, those are men that come in and they preach a certain way to see people saved, to see people growing in the Lord. And some pastors and teachers. So each one is, if called of God to full-time service, are these various positions. <clears throat> and everyone's got a purpose. A pastor is, a, is the word for shepherd. It's one to care about people. I want you to grow in Christ. I want you to go from here to here. A local church is supposed to have somebody in it that cares about you and that prays for you and that wants to challenge you to keep growing toward that. Now, notice, if you would, he says in verse 11, let's get the wording right. Look at verse 11, and then we'll jump to verse 12. And he gave some apostles and and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers what for? Verse 12. the perfecting of the saints. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn back, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And one of the things I'm trying to be a little more careful with is I know then we have people in our church that are newer, and, and maybe they're a little closer to here, and, and trying to find certain passages in the Scriptures, or, or take a little bit more time. And I, I want to be patient with that. I want to be gentle with that. And, and yet, I want to be able to get there so they can see it. So notice, if you would, in, in verse number, and we're going to start in verse number 37. He says, let your communication be yay, yay, and nay, nay. In word, say what you mean, and mean what you say. But notice if you would, he says this in verse 41 whosoever should compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. If someone asks you to do something and they sort of push you into it, don't just do what they want, go more farther than they want. Now follow with me. These are ingredients, these are characteristics in the perfect man. Look down in verse number 48. Be you therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. He's the ultimate in, in maturity perfect here means brought to a a maturity. Our heavenly Father always makes the right decision, perfectly mature. He says, you be mature like your Father in heaven. So notice what he says in verse number 42, given to him that asketh thee, be help to people. Notice if you would in verse 43, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's the Old Testament. He says, look, but I say unto you, love your enemies, and these are some of the, uh, uh, the statements of the Pharisees. They would get up and say, look, you, uh, you hate your enemies, but you love those that are uh, other Jews. Well, notice he says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you so you can be a mature Christian. Pray for those that use you over here. Be good to those that abuse you over here. Remember, you want to carry weight with him, and you want to carry weight with everybody else. So that they see Jesus in you. Notice what he says in verse number 45, uh, 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. He's referencing the Roman law. He could look at every Jewish boy or every Jewish man and say, a Roman soldier could, and say, hey, carry my bags for me. I got my sword in there and I got my, uh, my shield my, uh, in there. I want you to carry that bag. And they had to carry it for up to one mile. <clears throat> so you know here, he says, look, whosoever shall th- compel thee to go a mile. Any Roman soldier says that to him. Look, he's important to me too. So if you're a mature Christian, you pick it up and carry it a mile. Now, they would, the, Jewish, uh, the Jewish men would say to start, and they would pick it up, and they would start counting. One, two, three, four. And they would count to 1,760 or whatever the number was that they used for how going a mile. Uh, that's how many yards are in a mile. A step would be a yard, one, two, 1,759, 60. Pop! Look at him and walk off. You don't have any weight doing that. But he said, you've got that 1760. You want me to go anyplace else? You need me to help you with anything else? And the Roman soldiers say, what? No Jews ever said that to me. I, I, I'm just, I want to be a help. What can I do? I got your bag here. Is this far enough? Well, my house is over there. I'd be glad to take it there. What's different about you? I'm a Christian. Oh. Well, go put it in that room over there. Yes, sir. Sure. Why are you so nice to me? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. It's almost impossible for the human heart to get to this point and stay there. Because offenses stick. But you stop growing the second it sticks. Father, I'll forgive that for your sake and I'll pray for them too. Notice what he says. Look, look, he says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. That's what he meant in verse 41. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Twain. Be good to people that don't deserve it. That's probably one of the most difficult things in the Christian life, is to be good to people that don't deserve it. Notice, if you would, down in verse number 34, I say unto you, swear not at all. So you can't curse, take the Lord's name, and ever get here. You can't tell dirty jokes and ever get here. You can't say, I, I, I got to go buy something, Lord. I'm going to use your tithe money to buy it and ever get here. You can't take all 168 hours in a week And use them for yourself and not spend time with him and ever get here. And as a pastor, it's my duty and my privilege to say, I want you to be a perfect man, mature in Christ. I want you to be able to take hurts, forgive them, pray for them, And walk on. I want you to love people that don't do you good. I I struggle when people try to cheat me. And I know it. Say, Lord, forgive them. And bless them. Do do you all know what I'm saying? Lord, bless them with a small rock from heaven, okay? In Christian love, of course. You see, I've got this flesh too that wants things to be fair. But this guy here can't spell fair. He spells forgive. He spells love. He spells be good to. He can spell worthy, even though he doesn't feel like he is worthy. But this is the goal of everybody in this room. So let me ask this question. How does anybody ever get a divorce if they're here? I read an article. It was a Harvard University, I believe, or Harvard or Yale did a study of people that got divorces. They went to church. And they said, okay, how many of you read your Bible or you prayed together every day? 1,368 were in the study. One. And they probably lied. Jesus Christ and striving to carry weight for him and to be worthy for him, to get to this man that loves the Lord so much, I'll forgive my enemies. I'll love my enemies. I'll not just forgive them. I'll love them. I, I struggle there. But I'll tell you this, this is the place of God's richest blessings. This is the place you can witness to people and they'll listen because you carry weight this is the place your children look at and say, I want to be like Dad. I want to be like Mom. Because you carry weight. And you'll notice, for the perfecting of the saints, that's all of us. That's our goal, to be like Christ. If you would call yourself a Christian, do you know what that means? In the early days, those were the people that walked like Christ. They went to the lion's den. They sang. They loved their enemies. I read an article about one of the Christians that was being burnt alive. He, uh, I could never do this. But he was, they laid him on a charcoal grate, and they were basically cooking him alive. And somehow, I believe the Lord gives a grace that we can't understand in those circumstances. Because it's beyond the human ability to stand in a fire and not want to get out of it. He was laid on the grate, and he looked over After a period of time, he looked over at the people that were burning him alive and looked at him and he said this. He said, I'm about done on this side. I'm ready on the other side. They went, it's like, I don't understand a Christian that nothing offends. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Maybe I'm here. Maybe I'm here. I don't know. But I want to be there. Let's work together to be like Christ. Let's bow our heads forward in prayer tonight. Are you perfect in the Lord? Are you mature in Christ? Are you striving for that? Let's strive for unity in our church. Let's strive for Uh, unity in our homes. Let's strive for unity with Christ. Let's strive tonight to walk worthy, to carry weight with the Lord. Father, you see our hearts tonight. If there's anyone here tonight that doesn't know you as Savior, would you help them to come and I'll take a Bible and we can get them to understand that you love them and they can be forgiven of their sin and go to heaven tonight from this day forward. Father, if there's those here tonight, help them to come. And Lord, if they're here tonight, Lord, they're struggling to grow in you, to become more like you. Maybe they can forgive somebody, but they don't love them. They don't pray for them. Lord, help us to be what you want us to be, that perfect man. In your name I pray. Amen. We we'll us stand to our feet, if you would, please. If you need to come tonight, we'll not play long. Just a verse for you to come. If you need to come and talk with the Lord, I encourage you to do that tonight. Let's all have the goal of the perfect man. Let's sing it together, if you would. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. All right, if I could have your attention up this way tonight. The Lord's been good to our church, and Nina Otero has come to be a part of our church. And all the people said, amen. amen. Nina's a young girl that has uh, been saved and, and uh, wants to grow in the Lord. We've talked to her this week. She's excited about being a part of our church. Let's make her feel at home tonight. Nina, honey, would you stand right down here with her? and uh, stand right there at the front, and you come by and let her know we're glad to have her tonight, okay? Now let's bow forward a prayer. Father, tonight, we do love you. We thank you for your great goodness to us. And Lord, I, I pray that you'd help us to carry some weight with you this week. We didn't carry last week. Lord, help us to strive to be that mature Christian that you want us to be. Uh, bless Nina, dear Lord. I pray that you'd help her to grow in you. Help us to be a blessing to her Help this place, this church family, to help her get closer to you and help her to be a blessing to us and to you. That together we might better serve you. In your name we pray, amen. You're dismissed tonight. Be sure and come by and tell them, Nina, you're happy to have her tonight.